Hello everyone, welcome to Infosec Campus Sec Tools podcast. I'm your host of the show Sanup Thomas. Today we have Dr. Brian Carrier with us, author of Autopsy, Slotket and many more projects. Let's hear from him. So to start with uh, Brian, um you started these projects uh back in 2000, right? Probably like 20 years back. Uh, yep. How did you start in Infosec first of all? So I, uh, I I first got into security uh when I was doing my undergraduate uh and I was interning at a company and they got their first uh internet connection while I was there and I I kind of watched some people set up their first uh you know Linux based uh firewall and that was my introduction to uh to the world of of security this was kind of mid mid 90s um you know and, and learning about firewalls and basic security and cryptography and uh went down a path of cryptography for for a while uh went to graduate school uh, at Purdue for security uh for cryptography and then soon realized when i met a bunch of um you know math phd students that um my mind did not work in the same ways as these abstract math and uh planes and geometric groups and various things and realized that uh cryptography was cool uh but it was not going to be my uh my my I was like me never amazing at it. Um and then forensics started coming up at the same time and um Vita Venema and Dan Farmer uh had released a set tool called the Corner Toolkit uh, at that same time frame and um you know I just started kind of poking around with their open source tools uh in in learning about forensics uh around that time frame. Oh great. So you started pretty much in in the defensing side uh, you know setting up the firewalls um, monitoring the attack payloads and then uh, moved into forensics. Yeah, yep, yep. Oh, awesome. Uh back in 20 uh 2000, um I don't know how many forensics tools were existing at that time. Um how how did you end up um with the thought that you know hey create let's create a um tool sets for um open source community to do forensics. How did that process um, Honestly, it started off as kind of a a little side project. I was still in grad school. Um I I've been doing some consulting uh you know on the side. Um and uh start getting to expose that way and um turn a little side project um the hynet project which is still around um had their first kind of forensics challenge around that time frame of you know here's a disk image you know try and find the clues and um honestly a bunch of the things that i initial things that i wrote uh were all to kind of help support um you know that challenge so um there certainly were some some commercial tools but they were they were you know fairly focused on um you know much more focused on kind of law enforcement use cases uh in, in things less around kind of incident response if you will mm-hmm. um when when you started um open source uh tool sets for uh, which which one did you start first autopsy or slotkit um so so both at the same time right so so um you know the slotkit went through has gone through a couple of rebrandings over the time um so the corners toolkit was what uh, the, the first tool by Dan Farmer and and Vitsa um and i think i i made one called the extended corners toolkit i think which basically you know uh built it was like an add-on uh you know to their stuff uh and then um then i worked at stake for a while which is a a security company uh you know back back in the day it was like a boutique security company um and then it was called the at stake toolkit uh and then it became the toolkit um but essentially uh autopsy was was just um you know a thin ui wrapper around all the command line tools mm-hmm. in uh you know the corner toolkit the corner toolkit the at stake toolkit you know all these kind of rebrandings of of the um the command line tools 
you know, the initial version of autopsy was just, you know, a, a very poor man's, uh, you know, shell script, shell program to run command line tools, parse the output, turn them into HTML. So it was kind of a, I'd say it was a, it was a web app way back when, when there weren't many web apps, but it wasn't nearly as cool uh, as a lot of the web apps are now. Um, but that's basically what it was, it was a way of, uh, you know, not having to run a bunch of command line tools. Um, about eight years ago, we, we, and then autopsy really kind of uh, stagnated a bit uh, for quite a while. And then uh, it became hard to maintain. Uh, and then um, about eight years ago, we, uh, or actually 10 years ago, we started organizing uh, an open source conference. It's called OSDFCon. Mm -hmm. We have it every year uh, in the DC area. And it's all about open source digital forensics. And um, the first year we had it, it was about 80 people or so. Now it's about 400 plus. Um, but the first year was about 80 people and we had a bunch of discussions and some people were talking about, you know, they're really sick of having to use semi-forensics tools and copy data around from this tool to that tool. And, um, you know, having to merge reports together is a waste of time. Uh, and wouldn't it be great if there was more of a platform uh, that, that people could write modules for to plug into the tool and not have to waste time, you know, for the user to copy data around merged stuff together. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Um, and so uh, myself and an intern kind of set off after that of, you know, kind of rebuilding autopsy from scratch and really wanted to focus on the things that we hadn't focused on with, with the first versions of autopsy because first versions of autopsy were very, uh, Unix based, right? It was Linux, it was Mac, because uh, that's what I used, and it was open source. And if that was useful for you, that's great. Um, but it wasn't really approachable to uh, Windows users, uh, which honestly are the far majority of computer forensics, uh, you know, practitioners out there. Mm. So when we started kind of version three from scratch, it was really on these principles of, you know, kind of Windows, easy to use, uh, extensible and being a platform. Um, and it was kind of a rebirth of, of the product at that point. Interesting. Interesting. I remember the first time I was actually like fiddling around with uh, Sloot Kit and, and, and uh, Autopsy was uh, when I was introduced to Def Linux. Uh, okay. But it was kind of like a pre-compiled there. Uh, I mean, like pre-setup there. So it was easy for like, I didn't have to like install and, and do all the setups. And it was quite easy for me to like, you know, fiddle around with some, some sample images and then um, try to try to find more artifacts, artifacts from that. So that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, so today, um, uh, wh where is these two projects stands? So, um, so they're, they're still being maintained. Um, you know, honestly, uh, autopsy is, is where we spend a lot more of our time, um, just because file systems don't change that much. So just, so just kind of, you know, technical wise, um, the sleuth kit's main job in life is to take in uh, a disk image, uh, or it can be pointed at a raw device on a Linux or Mac or Windows system, but its main job in life is to read raw data from a disk and parse it into you know uh, volumes and file systems and files and recover files and pull up metadata but its job really ends at a file right so it can get you the the sequence of bytes in a file but doesn't know the difference between a pdf file or a word doc or an executable or a text file it's just going to give you that raw bytes um, autopsy is then all the layers above it um, you know, in terms of like, how do you actually analyze that data 
and it has the pipelines to then go through of like, all right, what is the file type of this? How do we get text out of it for a keyword search? How do we, uh, you know, pull EXIF out for, uh, you know, geo coordinates or timestamps or, you know, all the various things that you want to pull out, uh, you know, during an investigation, uh, you know, is all in the, in, all in the autopsy world. And that's where we really spend most of our time these days is on uh, building out that functionality, both for, you know, a UI for user integrate, uh, you know, or in kind of, you know, full automation, uh, you know, where, you know, you can have autopsy set up right now where it scans, you know, folders 24 uh, seven, as soon as a new disk image comes in, it starts to analyze it, you know, in parallel, um, you know, multiple machines using a shared server, uh, you know, and things. So it's really kind of ramped up quite a bit for kind of enterprise use. Yeah, I like the the web part. Uh, it it really helps uh, multiple investigators or multiple practitioners to, you know, um, log into the machines and then you know do the do the analysis at the same time. So that's kind of like a parallel uh, workflows are are quite interesting for web app based uh, applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so, so it, 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 it's clear that the, the, the current versions of Autopsy are, are actually went, you know, kind of regressed in some ways a bit to be more of a thick client, mm -hmm. um, you know, from from you know versions one and two, uh, just because that was the goal, right? Of kind of easy to install and, and the thick client kind of can win there. But now, as we've been moving more and more towards kind of the enterprise use, right? Um, you know, we're we're starting to build out kind of our own, uh, you know, REST APIs and things to 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 get back to that kind of web app interface for for all of them. Uh huh. That's cool. Um, during the 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 entire uh, development phase, I know that this has been maintained maintaining for almost like two decades. Um, do you do you remember any interesting uh, interesting scenarios or interesting case that you dealt with? Uh, in terms of investigations, or just kind of more more of an engineering uh, you know perspective? More on the on the uh, the project management perspective, like how how like during the developments or designing new features for the tools yeah it, it's interesting i mean there's a bunch of you know challenges that um you know every every kind of project comes across right um you know one of these that we've we've been um you know it's kind of a, a constant struggle you know these days is because so when we when we redid version three and now version four uh, you know, we really wanted to be this platform, right, and be extensible. Um, and you know, there's there's you know dozens and dozens of, of modules that exist out there now. Uh, you know, that people can add on to to Autopsy after you install it. Um, but there's always this uh, you know challenge when you when you are a public framework of you don't want to change your API because then you break modules. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, this has become one of the challenges. Uh, you know, as we build stuff, right? Of we want to be uh, you know kind of agile and get stuff out there and, and, and uh, be rapid. But um, there's always the risk with that, that we may, you know, we will often most likely have regrets later on, um, you know, as, as things change and years progress, uh, that, you know, what we don't want anymore uh, to be out there, we can't really change it. Uh, and we have to kind of maintain that. So that's kind of one of our challenges that we're um, always, always facing. And one of the ways that we solve that with, so we, we have the product called um, Cyber Triage, that's that's hyper-focused on incident response data, mm -hmm. right? So autopsy is all about uh, general purpose forensics, right? You can do anything with it from kind of fraud to, you know, kidnapping to, you know, uh, child pornography to terrorism to whatever. Um, whereas cyber triage is very focused on, just focus on artifacts with intrusions, right? Kind of a uh, malware persistence or user count compromise and things. Um, and we started its lights off as, a, as an autopsy module of like a hyper-focused, you know, intrusion module in autopsy. 
Um, but soon realized like the data it needed was collecting wasn't what we had in the autopsy data model. And we had to figure out like, do we want to start, you know, modifying the autopsy data model, uh, you know, as part of that to store these things or not. And we ended up kind of like removing it from, uh, you know, kind of the autopsy view so we could kind of let it evolve in its own little world. Um, and now we're folding that back in. Now that we've kind of figured out kind of the data model, uh, you know, for things like processes and startup items and all the things you care about intrusions of, you know, tying that back in. So, uh, you know, we have various ways to kind of manage the, how we stabilize our public API, um, you know, but still allow ourselves to kind of, uh, you know, evolve without, without impacting that. I see. Um, it also had uh, network level uh, forensics artifacts, right? Um, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't do PCAP, um, you know, okay. captures and in, in, in sessions at that level, but it certainly has things like, um, um, you know, like web artifacts of, you know, um, things and, um, you know, Wi-Fi SSIDs and it, it you know, has, has whatever host-based data is stored, uh, you know, or for the network, but it doesn't do kind of network packet level things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned when things are, um, you, you also have a version that supports like Windows platforms, right? Uh, Linux, pretty much everything is in file systems. And how, how do you dealt with the Windows, especially on like multiple versions or multiple Windows flavors? Um, wh what's the challenges there? Yeah, with Windows, I mean, the, the, a lot of the challenges comes with, um, I mean, something stays the same a lot, like the file systems, you know, are, are pretty constant, um, you know, in, in, you know, many of the formats are the same, right? What really changes is kind of all the various uh, registry keys that are being yeah. used to store, uh, you know, different things. Um, and this is where we really rely on other, other open source projects. So um, Autopsy relies a lot on an open source tool called Retriper, mm -hmm. um, which is all, it's a, a you know, Perl-based tool with a bunch of modules. Uh, and so we rely on that quite a bit to keep up with, uh, you know, the various keys uh, and things to run with that. So, um, you know, we, we try and kind of leverage other projects as much as we can, uh, you know, with that. Uh, you know, similarly, we also just uh, incorporated um, a tool called Plasso, which is run by the Google guys. Um, and, um, you know, it does a lot of like timeline, uh, you know, time-based event extraction and things. Uh, and so we made a module uh, that brings that. And so, um, you know, we, we have our own kind of native support for many things, uh, but we also try as much as possible to rely on other tools and other projects that are that are, that are keeping up on, on various things. I see, I see. Um, I mean, uh, I am more working on the, the pen test aspects um, and, and also maybe asking probably like stupidest question uh, from from an attacker perspective, a lot of uh, um, exfiltrations, or not just exfiltrations, but a lot of uh, post exploits um, uh, are also relying on, let's say, PowerShell on your Windows platforms. Is it giving hard time for like feature developments or autopsies? Uh, the sorry, sorry, the, the, just kind of the, the various ways that attackers are evolving. Yeah, I mean, especially like you know the the evolution of PowerShells, right? Uh, yep. When when that came in, a lot of attacks and a lot of a lot of exploit pack also uh, based on PowerShells and and um, tracking artifacts from a Windows machines where PowerShell is being executed um, was that like a hard uh, artifacts to you know collect from uh, Windows machines? Yeah, certainly, because I mean, a lot of a lot of the Windows machines by default aren't you know. Are, are recording a lot of information on there, right? You have to kind of opt in to kind of, um, 
you know, rec record more information, you know, about many of the the PowerShell, you know, artifacts. So there's certainly some level of awareness that needs to be there in order to get, uh, you know, that information. And then, you know, from a, from incident response, you know, challenge uh, perspective, then it's the challenge of kind of knowing what's normal in an environment and you know trying to understand you know what a powershell script is trying to to do um you know that 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 comment of like knowing what's normal is um you know actually a, a really hard challenge right for for kind of instant response or for these people who are getting to a box that isn't theirs uh you know and trying to figure out kind of um you know what's what's normal or not and we've been trying to do a lot of work with that both with um you know autopsy and and our cyber triage effort you know on kind of storing more data mm -hmm. to allow the user to kind of um you know then later later leverage it uh and it could be data stored either just kind of locally um you know so both cyber triage and autopsy have this kind of capability of storing you know all of the hash values you've seen before or kind of or registry keys you've seen before um to give you some kind of notion on like how common or rare something is um and this is actually where common where cyber triage is more more ahead as autopsy but uh they must have this idea to store that to give you some idea on this is unique uh you know or rare uh you know or not so it's kind of a you know a challenge that um many many forensics incident response people have and uh you know our, our goal is to roll that out into more kind of uh at a at a global level if you will uh to have kind of a, uh, anonymized data be shareable um you know amongst users to basically figure out you know who else has seen something before but don't have it tied back to someone or kind of you know comments of information but more hash value information of of where things are to help figure out kind of that that common awareness yeah yeah i agree um I mean, there are far more availability of attacking tools than when compared to maybe defense tools or um, the investigation tools, like or forensic tools, for example. Um, do you also feel the uh, need of more open source tools uh, in in the defense side, or uh, maybe the internal response or forensic side is actually required, or some something is lacking there, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you say knowledge of them is required? Uh, just not knowledge, but the, avail the the availability of these resources are also kind of not really balanced, isn't it? Like when I see the the um, the attack tools are far more and there are like more, more and more tools are releasing like every day, right? Uh, on the attack side. But on the defense side, I don't see like that much tools are that much open source projects are actually releasing. Or on the forensic side, uh, if I see, I mean, Pretty much all the existing tools are maybe evolving. That's definitely good, but yep. there wasn't like any like a new forensics tools that coming out, or or maybe a new method of um, identifying artifacts from like maybe uh, IoT machines or um, you know any other new emerging platforms. It's not it's not coming up. I, at least I'm not seeing it. So I don't know if you you're, you're more experienced in the forensics fields. So how how's your yeah. experience? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's that there actually is, uh, you know, a bunch of sharing that happens when people learn about, you know, some new registry key, uh, you know, or, or something that like, oh, hey, this actually, is, you know, had had some evidence that was that was useful, uh, you know, as part of this. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges for the forensics users, right, is keeping up with those, right? If someone writes kind of a one-off script that you know pulls that information out. Um, you know, and then someone else wrote a one-off script on something else, and someone else wrote a one-off script on that, right? Then you know have to run five or six different kind of 
scripts together, these things together, um, and and having kind of a unified uh, you know place um, you know makes that makes that easier. Uh, and it's kind of one of the challenges that many many folks have, which is again kind of motivation motivation for making autopsy is that platform, right? That people can write modules uh, instead of the one-off script uh, you know, to do that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also motivation for a lot of our kind of cyber triage users who, you know, don't want to have to run 13 or 14 kind of command line tools, uh, you know, to, to get those things. Um, you know, but so, so there, there, there's more attacks that are being built, um, you know, out. Um, you know, I think the challenge is kind of that there's, there's the, the evidence that we get in many cases for these things are are kind of byproducts, if you will, of the operating system, right? It's like, you know, they were in prefetch or, you know, some other kind of, you know, OS related data that weren't really meant to be evidence of, uh, you know, for forensics or things, but they're kind of byproducts and it's kind of learning about, you know, where you can find little traces of evidence, even if they cleared, you know, other other things up, um, you know, or it's, or it's trying to understand, uh, you know, process memory and, and figure out what's in process memory when you find some, you know, IP address or something in there, what, how it's being used. Oh, I understand. Um, okay, cool. When, um, um, I, I'm just asking these questions um, for pretty much every forensics person uh, just to know their approach. Um, what's your uh, thoughts on open source tools uh, or an investigation done on open source tools uh, produced to uh, the um, court of the law? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, um, you know, I, I wrote a paper probably, I don't know, it wasn't quite 20 years ago, but probably probably 18 or 17, somewhere around there, some change, uh, you know, and kind of uh, Daubert criteria, which is what we have in the U.S. for kind of entering in uh, technical, scientific, you know, evidence. And, um, you know, I, I actually honestly think that, you know, open source is kind of the, you know, the the best, if you will, right? Because anybody can review it, and uh, you know it's clearly an open, published, you know, uh, procedure, uh, you know, for that. So I know there's some folks who are who are very concerned uh, about using kind of open source because there isn't kind of a, a commercial company who is willing to go uh, testify, um, you know, for them to kind of uh, stand up for the results. Um, but in some ways, from a from a purely academic you know theoretical perspective right i mean i think open source is is, is better in some ways than, than commercial you know for that um you know that being said right in, in the us at least um I, I don't follow this this stuff you know entirely closely every day but um, my understanding is that there's never been evidence that's been thrown out because of the tool mm -hmm. that um you know it, it's more about the 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 user and the, the responder and the investigator uh, in their knowledge of the process. Um, and so there's a lot of concern over kind of, uh, you know, what tools can be used where or not. Um, but historically, it's been much more about kind of the credibility and, and knowledge of of the user of it, uh, you know, versus the tool itself. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, for, um, okay, we are pretty much on the closing uh, sessions. Um, before, before we wind up, um, uh, what's your uh, uh, suggestions or maybe advice or maybe two sentences for people who are aspiring into forensics or people who want to build uh, open source tools? Um, um, say, say a few words there. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess my, my, my advice for getting into to, to forensics or, or building tools, right, is, I mean, Autopsy is a, is a great, you know, platform, you know, for that, that you can download it and you can investigate, uh, you know, your own computers and, and understand, uh, you know, what's going on there. And it creates a, you know, free, you know, you know, uh, platform to be able to kind of, um, you know, figure that out. And if you if you're more of an on the engineering side and want to write, you know, pull out artifacts, uh, it's really easy to write some Python modules in in autopsy. We have tutorials out there. You can copy and paste, uh, you know, some files uh, to start pulling out files and parsing them and making artifacts. Uh, and, it, and it makes a, a really low bar entry to, uh, to to start making modules. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, when is the conference that you mentioned uh, for the forensics one? So um, OSDFCon is held every year in uh, October. Um, I don't have the actual dates in front of me, but it's like it's like mid to late October. Uh, you can find it at osdfcon.org uh, okay. uh, is where you can find that. Okay, so it's going to be like like the the um, conference talks, or are you are you also having like a hackathon where people can like go and like code things? What's the format of it? So, so um, it's a shout October, October 21st, uh, okay. 2020, um, the, um, it works a couple ways. So there's, there's, um, it's actually a, usually a three day event. So the day before is, um, workshops, uh, the day, the second day is the actual conference. And then the third day is, um, autopsy training, uh, and all three are kind of, of independent registrations. Uh, but the way the workshops and the, the talks work is that people submit, uh, their abstracts and their their ideas for proposals. Um, we are a very kind of crowdsourced based approach. Mm -hmm. So we uh, post the um, uh, the proposals and uh, things online. Uh, we tweet, we social media, people vote uh, on them, and then we um, largely use those results uh, to create the agenda uh, for the conference itself. Um, they're thirty minute talks, so on on the shorter side. Uh, you know, of things just to kind of, you know, make people aware of things and they can dive into details if they want more afterwards. Um, we in parallel also have a uh, autopsy module writing competition where uh, people can write modules and uh, submit them uh, a few weeks before the event. We have some folks that review them, verify they work. Uh, and then at the conference, the, um, the module writers can either present the modules if they're there to the audience um, or you can submit a video uh, of you kind of demoing uh, the module. And then the um, conference attendees uh, basically get to vote on the, the most useful module. And there's cash prizes for the uh, the top three modules. Ah, that sounds a cool event. <laughs> yeah. Right. But we try and we try and keep it as very kind of uh, crowdsourced and open source as possible, right? We just kind of, uh, we facilitate and organize, but uh, you know, kind of let the, let the crowd and people pick kind of the topics and, uh, and the modules. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that gives like a more quality contents, right? Yep. Awesome, awesome. All the best for the conference, Brian. Uh, thanks, thanks again for for your time. Thanks for sharing your wonderful experience. Great, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye. -bye. Thanks. Bye.